0: Back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast, and we continue our Black Founders series. I'm really excited uh, about this conversation. I always love talking to a lawyer because lawyers, they you know, they understand this game a little bit better than most. And so, I'm really excited uh, to be speaking with Annette Cavia of Cavia Law. Welcome to Black Equity Podcast. Thank you so
1: much having me
0: you're very very welcome for those who don't know who you are tell us a little bit about yourself and your company
1: so my name is Matt Cavia. I'm a business and trademark I recently founded Kabbia which is a law firm that focuses on helping entrepreneurs protect and grow their businesses using the law so with trademarks copyrights contracts as well as business formation
0: awesome awesome How did you first get into this particular world? I guess you could have chose any particular type of law. You chose this type of law. How did you end up in this direction?
1: So it's actually, (laughs) it's kind of crazy because I definitely did not know anything about this area of law when I went into law school. And I actually went to law school because I wanted to do criminal justice. So in undergrad, I um, did criminal justice. And after graduating i went to work in new jersey i was working for the juvenile justice commission so while i was working there i was working with a lot of juvenile offenders mostly black and brown boys and with my experience there that's what pushed me to go to law school i wanted to help them like they weren't getting what they needed they weren't getting the resources they felt like they were not being heard the representation was not there and who's going to fight for us put out. so i took that upon myself and i was like okay i'm going to law school So I went to law school with the intention to do criminal defense, and when I did an internship, um, I had a really bad case, like one that really stuck with me dealing with um, a young child, and at that moment, I knew I couldn't do criminal defense. It was just too heavy on me for me to be able to do that. So throughout my time in law school, I came across intellectual property, which is dealing with. Um, brands and trademarks and copyrights and I loved it because it was so creative and the ownership access was important to me because I felt like I could still serve the same community and push the same type of agenda I was pushing before like ownership, us protecting ourselves, us building something for ourselves and still be able to join that with the law and I'm a very creative person so it's, it's nice to be able to work with entrepreneurs in a lot of creative industries.
0: Well first of all we appreciate you Uh, deciding to come into the space here in the business world, we definitely need more people uh, preaching the good word of uh, ownership and control over our likeness, especially within our community and really all communities. All communities should be able uh, to be able to protect their intellectual property. And so it really opens up a really great conversation for us uh, today uh, to kind of dive into uh, this particular uh, space. Uh, so, what in particular, I know you you kind of mentioned it before. Uh, we talked about business formation, we talked about trademarks. Uh, what is your primary um, service that you provide?
1: Um, probably about 70% trademarks. So, helping people protect their business names, their logos, um, making sure that they actually own it. Um, because even though a lot of people, one is, this is like the biggest misconception, a lot of people register their business and get an LLC, and they feel that their business name, when they registered in the state of New York, that no one else can use that, or they can use that to stop other people from using their business name, and that's not the case. What you need is a trademark. So a lot of people don't understand how beneficial it is to actually have that. So that's actually my biggest, the biggest part of my practice, trademarks.
0: So let's, let's dive into uh, trademarks. So when you're mm-hmm. working with a business, um, how many people are coming to you and actually have an understanding of the importance of trademarks? Is that, is that something that you're, you're having to teach them about? Or they already know by the time they reach you, this is something that they need?
1: Um, it's about 50 Um, Some people know that they need legal assistance, but don't exactly know how to go about it because they want to protect their business. Um, But there's been a big push recently, especially via social media, about people knowing about protecting their brand or trademarks, especially with a lot of these larger brands stealing or using from smaller businesses that are not as well known. So there's been a big push for it. So there's a lot of people that are now coming and are aware of trademarks or have done their research and need to talk to an attorney. Some that are like, hey, I know I need help, but I'm not really sure what I need help with. So there may be a little bit of time where I'm spending to help them understand the law and help them understand what they may need to properly protect them. So let's,
0: let's, let's, let's really dive in because you're really touching on something that I think is going to be very vital uh, as we move forward, especially the more we go into a digital age. Um, why is it important? for us to understand the law behind trademarks and make sure that we're properly trademarked with our businesses.
1: So if you want to grow your business, then trademarks is a lot, ownership is a large part of that. So when you are in your business, you wanna make sure that your brand is actually protected because if someone else is using it, it can tarnish your brand, they can make money off of your brand, Um, If you have it registered, you can license that out and make money off of it. That can be an an additional source of revenue. That in itself, like, look at Nike, for example. Nike has the word Nike, the check mark, the um, just do it um, phrase. They have all of that protected. Wherever you see that, you recognize that it's Nike. You recognize what they do and who they are. That's what is critical about helping you protect your brand and grow your business. So when you are growing... You need to be able to stop other people from using it without your permission, because that's, you can make money off of that. But then also, you get full control and ownership over what happens with your business and how your business is and how your business is growing. So that's, that's really what's critical, and a lot of people don't understand that.
0: Now, the question I have for you, it, it may seem like a silly question, I know, but why is control, why does it matter? Who, why does control and ownership even matter in business?
1: See, the thing with that, it matters because you need to be able to have control over your creation. Someone else, if you don't have ownership or if you don't own it, you don't have control over it. Someone else can use that. Someone else can make more money off of it. Someone else, like a lot of, there's a lot of losses now going over situations where larger brands or larger um, people with a larger platform are using things from smaller businesses or maybe not as people who are not as well-known. And they are making millions off of this. We are sitting on million dollar ideas, million dollar business platforms and are not utilizing that. A lot of people complain about possibly living in a certain area or not liking their job and not being able to do anything with it but side hustle or having another business on your own. you can control your income mm-hmm. if you know how to do it. You can your income is limitless when you're an entrepreneur but that also comes hand in hand with actually owning what you create. So there's a lot of leverage there with the ownership aspect. So it's, it's it's key. It's truly key.
0: I love what you said there. Your income is potentially limitless. And if you don't have the proper protection uh, over your likeness, you actually can be limited by mm. uh, what you're able uh, to accomplish. You mentioned Nike. What are some other uh big brands. or Do you know of any brands in history that did not have proper trademark? Um, uh, did not properly uh, trademark their work?
1: I know there are some that are currently going back and forth in some legal battles. Uh, booking.com, that website, actually just a legal battle. and I believe that went all the way to the Supreme Court. So they had a big issue that they were using .com. They felt that they should be able to protect it. And someone else felt that they shouldn't (laughs) so it was a lot of back and forth about that Um, I'm not sure if I know any big brands that failed to protect their business and actually were hurt by that so I I can't name any off the top of my head but a lot of them it they take that at a very high level like that's really important to them that they start early with that process even before they even start using it they start the trademark registration process
0: So let's walk through that process together. I'm a business owner. I reach out to you. You give me the great gospel on trademarks and intellectual property. I trust you. I know I want to work with you. What happens next?
1: So once someone is a client and they come on board, the number one thing we start with is doing a comprehensive search. Now, this is critical because this search will go through what is registered, what any kind of pending applications with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, and that's where all applications for trademarks go to. Anything that has been abandoned or canceled, so say someone stops the trademark process or they lost the protection of the trademark law, um, anything that has a web present, um, social media present, a comprehensive search will go through a lot of those things and pull up anything that is a red flag. And of course, it's not going to show you everything that comes up, but you'll get a better idea of what is out there, And whether you are possibly infringing or using someone else's mark without their um, permission, whether someone else already hasn't registered, um, whether there's something very similar that could stop you or potentially pause or delay your process in regards to getting a registration, and then you can also see if there are any type of issues that may come along in the process or whether there's nothing that will potentially cause a concern for you. So once that search is done, Then we go ahead and we draft an opinion letter which discusses the search results, the most relevant ones, so you truly understand what it is that we found. Because at the end of the day, one thing that's really important for me when dealing with clients is making sure that they understand what I'm doing. I know that you trust me and you're paying me to do my job, but at the end of the day, I don't want you to be blind in the process. So I always educate my clients. Once we go over that, we draft and submit the application. Now, There is a bit of a waiting period, so once we submit it, it takes about three to four months before they even look at it or they sign it for anyone to review. Once they review it, they will either approve it to go to the next stage, or they'll issue what's called an office action. Now, this office action is essentially saying that, hey, there's something up with the application. You either need to make a quick fix, or there's something that might be a bigger concern. So it can be a procedural office action where it's saying that, hey, make these minor changes, um, update this information, or it could be something that's substantive, saying like, hey, there's this other registration out there or this other application that was submitted before you earth, that is very similar, and you need to explain to us why you should be able to move forward. So in that type of situation, that requires a lot of legal research and submitting so essentially a brief to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office um, in defense of that application moving forward. And if they approve everything or agree with everything we said, then it gets a move to the next stage. Now, in this next stage, it's called publication. And the U.S. Patent Trademark Office will put on their site, which is called the Official Gazette, they'll put that this applicant wants to register this mark, so business name with the logo, and they'll actually put in connection with what services or goods you want to use it with. So if you want to provide any type of services or sell any kind of products, they put it up there because... You essentially, you cannot register a trademark without having it connected to a certain service or a certain product. It's not just getting protection on the name, it's getting protection on the name in connection to what you are doing and what you're providing to the public. So it's up there for 30 days. And at that time, anyone can come in and oppose your registration. But if in that 30 days no one comes in and does an opposition, then at that point, if you are using the trademark before the application was submitted, then you're essentially waiting to get your registration certificate, because at that point, you're pretty much done. But they take they take their time, government agencies, <laughs> so they take their time um, to send that out, which I think right now is like two to three months for them to actually issue the certificate. But say when we submitted the application, you are not using it yet. After publication is finished, then you have one more step, which is essentially saying that, hey, you just have to show them proof that you are properly using the trade as you said you were going to, like how you said you were going to use it. And once that then you're waiting for your registration certificate. Wow! I know that was <laughs> it is no, a long process.
0: I appreciate that. You very detailed. I appreciate that. <laughs> are Are you familiar with uh, a company called Cookout? Um, the
1: restaurant. No, that there
0: sure? was, no, there was this app called Cookout, and oh, that's similar. Yeah, they, they, someone had an app called Cookout, and someone else copied it and did something else to it. And I guess they didn't have the proper, uh, I don't know if it was a trademark, I'm not sure exactly what it was, but they basically copied someone else's app and put out their own app. This is like within the last couple of weeks. And um, I guess they're going to court over it because someone else used the same name and basically the same format of someone else's business. And... uh, you know, I think they ended up raising money for it or something. I don't remember the exact details, but it's, it's really happening live right now uh, as an example of what you're what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, d- depending on how you go about your business, you need to plan properly. That's, that's why the planning stage is so important, because if you take the intellectual property of your business, whether it's the trademarks, the copyright, or even a patent, Um, You take that seriously at the front end, you most likely will be able to avoid certain issues like this. So I don't know the specific details of this case yet um, or the situation that is ongoing. But so one thing I want to say is you can't protect an idea. So if you're like, oh, I want to create this app that does this, other people can create an app that does the same thing. But one thing is that you can protect the coding if you actually created a certain amount, like if you actually went into the coding, there's a certain level of protection that you can achieve for that. Um, you can protect the name of it. Obviously, we talked about trademarks and the actual um, business name or the logo that's connected to it. Um, depending on if you do a specific color, like T-Mobile protected that magenta color that they do with their stuff. So if they have like a specific color that is unique, that is um, distinct, and they actually created it and used it for their apps, that may be something else that they can protect. So there's, there's a number of things that you can protect. But if you haven't protected it, then that's when you come into a situation where someone literally rips off what you're doing and recreates it or does the same thing or has the same name and is pushing it further than you. It becomes very complicated.
0: Now, you mentioned something earlier and I just can't let it just sit there without uh, talking about it. You said the restaurant cookout what do you know about the cookout restaurant where are you located look
1: so i'm in new york right now but i went to law school in north carolina so i was in dark yeah i went to cookout regularly
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i was about to say because most people that know about cookout are only in north carolina uh and i'm in Mm -hmm. charlotte so i was wondering how you knew about it okay cool
1: yeah
0: understood yeah so Uh, that
1: was my regular spot
0: no, no, I definitely understand. And the menu is crazy. They they have like the biggest menu ever of options. <laughs> <laughs> I never understood. Like, why do y'all have so many uh, options on this menu? Anyway. Uh... <laughs> so uh, how do you feel about businesses operating through social media right now um and not necessarily protecting their work are they in they are they in the middle of a danger zone when they're just throwing out instagram posts and um jumping on clubhouse or jumping on these different platforms and putting out all these different pieces of information and not having any uh anything protected what are your thoughts on that
1: yes that is a red flag. It is a danger zone right now because we're in an environment where we share so much, we overshare. Um, and being on social media or being on our platform, similar to Clubhouse, where a lot of people are speaking about their ideas, their new businesses, or business ideas that they haven't even done yet, or they're talking about their logo or whatever it may be, creations. I've seen someone go from Clubhouse and purchase a domain for a business name that someone said they were going to do. And then you can hike up the price, like I've seen people hiking up the prices on these domains just because people have talked about it on Clubhouse. So you have to be very careful about how much you share about your business if it's not protected because people can go and trademark or start the process before you. Of course, there's ways that you can go around depending on how much in your business you've done and how much you've developed already. Um, but people can go and protect these kind of content or purchasing that they can hike up the price. And now you might have to pay all that money or those thousands of dollars to get the domain that you really want. So it's, you have to be very careful about what you're putting out there when your business is not protected because some people may seem like your friends or they're supporting you, but some people are really just here to get a dollar. So, and they'll profit off of what your mistake is. You have to be careful of that. One of
0: the most important pieces for me in a business is the intellectual property and Mm -hmm. of course that's what we're really talking about here is the the idea that you have this thought like you said you can't protect an idea but if you have a thought and you can actually formate it into something tangible you need (laughs) to protect that ip as much as possible and especially within the Black community, which has historically have had their information, their ideas taken from them. For the life of me, I cannot grasp how we've seen these things happen historically and then we're jumping on a new app and new apps pop up every day and we're just throwing it out there for the world to to take our information. We're not protecting it. Have we not learned our lesson? See, I don't know if
1: it's not learned lesson or just not having the knowledge because you don't know what you don't know so if you're not aware of that oh even though people are stealing historically stealing ideas or um, creations am for black people and profiting off of that what exactly are they stealing how can I avoid my creations being stolen how do I protect myself you may not know the answers to those questions some people don't ask those questions so there's an education gap right there about what exactly can I do so it's learning that it's the IP that needs to be protected, learning about the business formation that needs to be created. So you are protected learning that you possibly need to go talk to an attorney, even though it may like a lot of people actually um, delay this process of talking to an attorney because they feel like it's expensive. And there's a lot of people that offer free consultations. Like I personally offer them free. I don't think I will ever charge. Because I think it's important for people to know why they need legal assistance and to understand the situation that they're in, but it's that education gap right there, not knowing or having the answers to those questions. So that, I think that's really what it is. It's not like we didn't learn, but we don't know the right questions to ask or we don't know who to seek the information from or how to get the information or to better understand how we avoid falling into that same trap or that same situation again. So yeah, that's, that's one thing for me that I'm really big on education because <laughs> I don't want to see it keep happening. I don't want to see it keep happening. That's
0: a really great, Uh, way to look at it. And uh, I appreciate you giving me a different perspective. So let's talk about business formation. Why is that important throughout this process, having the correct business formation?
1: So having the correct business formation protects you as an individual. Because now once you've done that, you are a separate entity from your business. So say something happens in your business, say you are you own a spa and you do chemical peels, or you deal with chemicals there, and one of your clients or customers has a reaction to it, and they sue you. If you don't have a business formation that is formed with the state, one that actually allows you a layer of protection, they could come after your personal assets. If you own a house, that is potentially in jeopardy. A car, your assets, your your bank account, those are potentially at risk, depending on what the outcome of that lawsuit is. But say you have an LLC, which is a limited liability company, versus a sole proprietorship, which a sole proprietorship is saying that there's no legal distinction between you and your business, the LLC will provide you with protection, whereas they cannot get to your personal assets if you are using and running your business properly. Now, having a business formation means like you cannot be using that because, oh, I got to pay my personal bills. I'm not using the company. Like do not use the company credit card. Do not use the company card. Do not commingle your funds. That is not your personal bank account. You have to be very careful about that because once you start doing that, now the company and you are seen as one entity. But you have to make sure to keep it separate because that's how you ensure that you continue to have the protection that an LLC or corporation provides you.
0: Thank you for that. Um, part of business formation, uh, there's this idea of um, own nothing, control everything. And so one of the best ways to do that is by using uh, trust. Are you familiar with the, the business trust uh, concept?
1: Um, I know a little bit about it, but I personally do not um, handle business trust at all.
0: Okay, Okay. no, no problem. Um, just want to throw, throw that out there for people who are listening, that part of uh, the formation as well is you can actually have a trust that owns, I'm not giving any legal advice here, but you can have a trust that owns the actual uh, company to add that extra layer of protection. But of course, uh, seek wise counsel uh, in that particular mm-hmm. area. Okay, so I wanted, oh, go ahead.
1: Oh, I just wanted to make an additional comment on that. The owner of the business does not have to be an individual. You can have another as an owner of a business, or we're just saying the trust being owner. So it doesn't have to be an individual, and it doesn't have to be you. So you can have these other entities or other structures as owners of a company, if that's what you would like, because now you have the protection of the LLC, in a sense, or this one business entity, and then as the owner of the other owner, so like the parent company, you have another layer of protection. So there, there are different options depending on what you're trying to do and the reasoning behind it, but it just definitely talks to an attorney so you have a better idea as to what's the proper structure um, overall for your business as to what's going to benefit you most. Because sometimes it may not be the best option for you, and it can be expensive, or the tax requirements, you definitely want to look at how the tax implications are going to affect you.
0: Thank you for adding that. I appreciate that. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, Are there a, is there a particular sector that you tend to work with uh, when it comes to businesses?
1: Um, a lot of my clients tend to be in fashion, sports, and entertainment. Um, I've been getting a lot more of the e-commerce tech um, coming in the door and whatnot. So i um, that's kind of where my focus is, but I do have some that are kind of like in other areas unrelated to that.
0: Thank you for that. Now, I know this is a continuation of our Black uh, Founders series, so I wanted to uh, ask you a question uh, from that standpoint uh, as well. As a Black founder, have you found, what have you found to be uh, the triumphs and the challenges as a Black founder?
1: Um the challenges I will say, and I feel like a lot of <laughs> black entrepreneurs probably experience this or at least have seen it, is that some people are harder on black businesses or small businesses versus these large corporations. Like Amazon can mess up your package three times in a row. Pizza Cut can like not deliver your food or Uber Eats mistakenly delivers it to the wrong person or you never get your food, you might not complain, but you're still gonna order from them. I've seen a lot of Small businesses, especially black-owned businesses, get negative reviews because of certain mistakes that they make early on, or have suffered consequences from clients that are not as lenient with them. I'm not saying that you should let everything go, <laughs> because at the end of the day, you are a business owner. You have to be held to a certain level of accountability. It's your responsibility to learn and grow as a business owner and handle your business the way you should. But I have realized that people are way more lenient on these larger companies and will still continue to shop with them. But say a small black owned business, they might've made one mistake or they may have had a delay in shipping and people are like, I'm never shopping with them again. Like I'm never buying from them again. So um, that is definitely something that I see is as a black founder, um, black entrepreneur that tends to happen um, often Um one thing that I have learned is or I guess would say the triumph is learning to let go and build the right team. You cannot do everything on your own um, and if you try to, you will go crazy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. um, or you know what you can delegate um, and actually delegating it, making sure you are either partnering with the right people or working with the right people or hiring the right people. That will do the job um, the way you train them to, so you don't feel any kind of anxiety or stress in regards to how they're going to handle your clients or the customers. And they will do things to the level that you do things because I'm I'm very much um, I don't want to say a control freak, but I, I like things done a certain way. And when it comes to my business, I have a process. And if you're not doing it the way that I want it done, and my clients are not receiving the type of attention or um, response time that I personally have already set up in my business we got a problem. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, building the right team is definitely um, a triumph because I I love the team that I work with now. And I tell them often that they're doing a great job. Um, I think it's really important because as, as we want to grow our business, as we want to help more people in our community or more entrepreneurs, we want to make sure that we have the right team growing with us. Growth is is a critical part of that. So, yeah, that's my little tidbit.
0: (laughs) No, I I appreciate that. Uh, For me, Uh, teamwork has been so vital it's not just my internal team but then it's also what I consider my external team and so having um, strategic partners in in different areas that uh, for example someone like you right so I may not know everything about intellectual property and so I can call up uh, Annette and say hey uh what do you think about this or what what are your thoughts on this and so not 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 trying to be a person who has to know everything but understanding mm-hmm. that other people are positioned within our community uh that you yes. can reach out to 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 get that information uh and share it and tell make those referrals and look out for each other behind the scenes i think that is also as important as as well
1: yes i definitely agree with that that is key. Like our net worth is definitely connected to our network and who we're connecting to and who we are partnering with, and making the right people. That say you refer someone to another person, you want to make sure that whoever you're referring them to, that they're gonna handle it well. That the person that you're sending to them has no problems, no worries whatsoever, um, and you don't want to have to learn everything. <laughs> that's, that's too much, too much to do, too much work. And how are you gonna be able to run your business the way you want to run it? and sit there and study and be learning everything in every area on under the sun. That's, that's going to be crazy. But, um, so yeah, partnering with the right people or having the right people when you're, when you don't know something. Where
0: where do you see, uh, your firm uh, heading over the next three to five years? What, what are you picturing and what are you looking to accomplish?
1: Um, definitely growth. Um, um, working towards adding a few more attorneys this year before the end of the year. So definitely growing my firm. Um, I want to have more attorneys on board. Um, I have some paralegal staff right now. I'd love to grow that. One thing that's really important to me and part of the reason why I started my firm because as a female attorney, I realized that that may be seen as a disadvantage um or a crutch in the legal world, especially because I was working at a big firm before I started my own practice. And if you want to get married or you want to have kids, and you want to be a partner, those things may not all line up. Like I literally was at work from sunup to sundown, um, and would have to have a car take me home because it was so late. And I'm choosing I'm having to choose work over my family or work over traveling because I personally love to travel despite this whole COVID situation. <laughs> Um, so I would have to choose work over that. I don't want um, people in similar situations to have to feel like they have to choose one over the other. Um, I want to create a work environment where you can have it all. You can work in whatever your caseload requires of you, and you can go and have your family. You can travel the world if you want to travel the world, because uh, this virtual aspect does not have to be just during COVID. So I don't, I don't want to hinder anyone from living the life that they've always wanted because they want to become an attorney or they want to be in the legal um, industry. So definitely expanding my firm, building this work environment that allows you to have the life that you want and does not limit you. So that's where I see it going.
0: (laughs) On uh, on Clubhouse, I know we mentioned it earlier, I, I tend to go into a lot of rooms about funding and investing, but sometimes I go into these rooms about living abroad or being a digital nomad where you're able to uh, leverage technology, but still be able uh, to get the work done and, and uh, be in different uh, countries. So uh, is it along those lines that you're thinking where you can uh, be anywhere and still accomplish what you're looking to accomplish?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, one thing about intellectual property and um, the aspects of business law that I personally handle You don't have to be face-to-face with someone. Um, Many of my clients, I never meet them. I never see them um, because it's all done virtually. Um, We may have a Zoom from time to time because of COVID if we need to discuss something, um, but that's not a regular thing. So a lot of things can be done virtual. Um, Now, with the pandemic happening, a lot of businesses are realizing that you may not need that office space, that large office space in downtown, or you may not have to have everyone come to the office all the time. Like, I haven't been to my office in a very long time, (laughs) and I literally just have them send send my mail to me, because that's that's the only time I really need to go there, because I'm not meeting in person with clients, and intellectual property, or IP, is a national thing. Many of my clients do not live in the New York, New Jersey area, so I don't meet in person with them anyways, even if the pandemic was not happening. So, the digital nomad aspect is very much possible. Um, I see that happening. Firm, as well as for those that work with me um, or work within my
0: firm. Definitely, definitely understand that. Uh, before we let people know how they can uh, partner with you uh, and collaborate, uh, what are some words of advice for entrepreneurs uh, who may not know anything about trademarks, may not know anything about protecting their IP, may not have the proper um, set up for their business what a word of advice do you provide to them
1: research the u.s patent and trademark office has so much information on their website that helps you better understand these areas of law of course we do understand that the legal side of things is complicated so it may give you some information you may still be confused set up a free consultation with an attorney it's not going to hurt you it's literally going to help you It may bring to light some issues that you didn't even think about. Or you may find out that, okay, maybe I need to move forward on this now. Maybe I need to move on this now, and I shouldn't wait on it. So definitely doing research on um, sites like USPTO, I believe it's USPTO.gov, and actually, like, retaining an attorney or speaking with an attorney. um, If money is an issue, free consultations are available. Not all attorneys charge for that.
0: And how can people reach out to you to collaborate uh, to uh, work with you. And then, like you said, if you're looking to add more attorneys, maybe one of them is listening to this episode now. Uh, how do they all reach out to you and uh, make that connection happen?
1: So they can reach out to me through my website, cavialaw.com or they can email me at contact at law And if there are any law students listening, I'm looking for two summer associates for this summer, um, you will be doing IP work. I'm going to make sure to do everything that I am doing because I want you to learn this area of law and be able to get into this field. So if you are interested, please send your resumes over. I'll actually be posting um, soon on social media about that those positions.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for stopping by and having this conversation. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to connect in uh, other social media platforms and maybe continue this conversation I think is so vital that as entrepreneurs as investors we are protecting our IP and uh, making sure we have wise counsel and so I do consider consider you to be uh, one of those people that could be part of our wise counsel and so we thank you for being part of it.
1: Thank you so much for having me being here and being able to just for knowledge about this because it's so important.
0: Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for coming on Black Equity Podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon.